Welcome to Vegan Stories Podcast, featuring people who eat abundantly, live vibrantly, and dream of a vegan world. I'm your host, Jeff Rosenblum, and today's guest is the founder and content editor of Jane Unchained, a multi-platform social media news outlet that produces original video content on animal rights and the vegan, compassionate lifestyle. She has won four Genesis Awards from the Humane Society of the United States for her reporting on animal issues. Veg News named her Media Maven of the Year in 2010. In 2013, Mercy for Animals awarded her their Compassionate Leadership Award. In 2014, She was honored for fighting animal abuse by the Animal Legal Defense Fund. In 2015, she received the Nancy Alexander Award at PETA's 35th anniversary. For six years, she hosted her own show on CNN Headline News, where she ran a weekly segment on animal issues. Previously, she reported for the nationally syndicated Warner Brothers telepictures show Celebrity Justice, where she did numerous stories on animal issues championed by celebrities. Previously, she was a news anchor reporter at KCAL-TV in Los Angeles and WCBS-TV in New York. She is the winner of a Los Angeles Emmy and a New York Emmy for her reporting. She is a graduate of New York University and began her career with reporting stints in Fort Myers, Florida, Minneapolis, and Philadelphia. She is the author of four books. Her 2014 nonfiction New York Times bestseller, Exposed, The Secret Life of Jody Arias, offers a detailed psychological analysis of a salacious trial that gripped the American public. Her other New York Times bestseller is her memoir, I Want, My Journey from Addiction and Overconsumption to a Simpler, Honest Life. Secrets Can Be Murder delves into the secrecy and deceit embedded in tragic scenarios. Addict Nation, an intervention for America, with co-author Sandra Moore, focuses on our culture's addictive nature and our obsession with overconsumption. She directed and produced the documentary Anita Velez, Dancing Through Life, which won a Gracie Award in 2001. She lives with her partner, Donna Dennison, and their four companion animals in Los Angeles. I am thrilled to welcome to Vegan Stories Podcast the incomparable, indefatigable Jane Velez Mitchell. Hi, Jane. Hey, Jeff. Jane, I used to watch you when you were a news anchor reporter in New York, then on Celebrity Justice, and later, of course, as a host on CNN Headline News. Now, I'm a big fan of JaneUnchained.com and greatly admire your coverage of the environment, 
animal rights, gay rights, gender politics, addiction, and crime. It's an honor to have you on my podcast. So thank you for joining me today. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, I always like to begin by setting the stage for our listeners. So would you please share with us your age? I'm 65. And where are you originally from? I'm from New York, New York, born and raised in Manhattan. I grew up uh, right across the street from Carnegie Hall. Oh, wow. Well, I'm from Queens originally. And where do you currently live? I live in Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, Baja Venice, the Venice area. Got it. Got it. And how long have you been vegan, Jane? Well, you know, I've been sober 25 years and change. Uh, Hopefully April 1st, it'll be 26 years. I wish I had my exact vegan date the way I have my sobriety date. Uh, And uh, it was definitely after I got sober. So it was not that long after I got sober. So I would say approximately a quarter of a century. Let's be on the safe side, 24 years. That's amazing. Well, thank you for all that. Now, what led you on your path to veganism and being a voice for the voiceless and disenfranchised? Well, um, I can't understand how anybody in this world with the evidence right there on their computers could possibly continue to eat animals and their byproducts, the breast milk of cows, etc. Uh, it's not only unnecessary, it's horrible for our health. It's destroying the planet. Uh, It's A-leading. There's a new white paper at climatehealers.org that makes a very persuasive argument that it is the leading, animal agriculture is the leading cause of climate change, uh, greenhouse gas emissions. And, um, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic that's a zoonotic illness that jumped from animals to people. And uh, so the message is loud and clear. Uh, we have a toxic, we humans have a toxic relationship with uh, with nature and all the animals who live in it. And we are forcibly impregnating. We know what the word for that is. And um, raising and killing 80 billion animals uh, every year on this planet. It's unsustainable. It's got to end. So it's very obvious to me. I'm always shocked that other people don't immediately uh, get it. But uh Denial is a powerful, powerful thing. And uh, privilege is a powerful thing. You know, we've heard a lot about privilege this year. uh, And there's all sorts of privilege. But carnistic privilege is a term that uh, Dr. Melanie Joy, a Harvard-trained social psychologist, coined. Privilege, she defined as any group that is um, privileged regards a minor inconvenience as a major violation of their Mm -hmm. rights. This at most would be a minor inconvenience, not even. You just pick uh, cashew milk or rice milk or soy milk or hemp milk or oat milk instead of picking cow's milk when you're at the supermarket or when you're on uh, Instacart. Um, So the idea that people are so resistant to change baffles me, but that's part of human nature. Um, I have a long journey as to why I've decided and felt the need to devote my life to this. Uh, You could say it was when my parents gave away my dog, who was my best friend, when I was, I guess, nine years old. I came home from school and I said, where's Mr. Monday? And Mr. Monday was just gone. And it totally, it was to this day, the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Uh, I was an only child. Uh, Mr. Monday was my brother, my best friend. And 
he was just sent away. And there, even as a child, I knew their excuses were ridiculous and it destroyed my relationship with my family. I didn't trust my parents after that. They lied to me. You know, one day it was a farm. The next day it was, I mean, they, they couldn't even keep their story straight about what happened to him. And what happened was that we were moving from 58th Street between 6th and 7th Avenue to a fancier apartment, uh, 57th and 7th, the Briarcliff, right across from Carnegie Hall. And they had installed wall-to-wall -wall carpeting, and my dad didn't want a dog because he didn't want the carpet to get stained because they weren't that great about walking him now that I look back on it. And uh, so what the first thing I did as a child, when we got to that new apartment, I knocked over a lamp and burned a big old hole in the wall-to-wall -wall carpeting. Hmm. Uh, and uh, then I was sent to my room and I cried hysterically, but I, I don't know if I made the connection. It was years later that I made the connection. Ah, that's why I burned the, the rug. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, also my mom, I have a very interesting background. My mom um, was Puerto Rican. She was the uh, last of the vaudevilles. She was born on an island uh, called Vieques, which is part of the Puerto Rican Commonwealth. And she had a pet pig. Uh, she thought she had a pig who was her friend, but actually the pig was a farmed animal. One day she came home from school as a very young child, probably around the same age that I was when I had my traumatic experience. Uh, about nine years old and the pig had been killed for food and she fainted. And when she came to, she was just disillusioned with the human race and said she was never touching animals again. So she moved to New York. Uh, she was born in 1916, lived to 99 and a half. So we give her a hundred. She moved to New York at the height of the great depression and uh, formed a very successful Latin dance troupe called the Nita Vela's dancers. And she played hotels in the Caribbean, the United States and Canada. And she met my dad who was Irish American advertising executive uh, right out of Mad Men. He had an agency on Madison Avenue and smoked a pipe and wore those, you know, he was a 1950s guy, never owned a pair of jeans in his life. And, uh, so he uh, switched to a primarily uh, vegetarian diet after meeting my mother so when we were, when I say vegetarian, let me correct myself, pescatarian. We kind of thought growing up, you know, I was born in 1955. So late 50s, early 60s, mid 60s, we kind of thought we were vegetarians, but we weren't because we ate fish, we had honey, we had eggs and dairy. But I was definitely on the journey. I knew that hamburger patties didn't fall from trees and we did not have we didn't have chicken in our house or things of that nature. And for a treat, my mother would take me down the street to Vim and Vigor, which was an early health food restaurant. And I would have a, a sundae made of fruit with some sour cream on top. So I was on the journey, you know, uh, but as I grew older and then I graduated from NYU and became a journalist and was working in Fort Myers, Florida, Minneapolis, Philadelphia, and it was in Philadelphia that somebody sent me a tape, videotape of uh, now infamous head injury experiments on primates at, at a local university there. And it was just horrific. This is right around the time that PETA was getting started, uh, you know, 1980-ish, right around that time. And uh, I said, this is evil. What they're doing to this animal is just pure evil. We have to stop it. And that's when I really became an animal activist. And then as I grew uh more informed about this 
situation and started seeing things like pig gestation crates and the raping of cows and the abduction of their babies. And um, I gave up, uh, well, certainly I gave up fish and eggs. And then uh, to answer your final question about, to finally answer your question about when I went vegan, I was a, I worked in New York for numerous years as an anchor in New York. And then I went to LA and I was anchoring at the Paramount Studios. And in walks Howard Lyman, a fourth generation cattle rancher turned vegan activist who was famously on Oprah uh, revealing the secrets of the industry. And she said that just stopped me cold from eating another burger. And then the cattleman sued her and they lost. Anyway, he became famous for 15 minutes and he walked in. I did an interview with him. And afterwards, he and his publicist walked up to my cubicle and they said, we hear you're a vegetarian. And I said, yes. And they said, do you eat dairy? And I kind of hung my head because he had just explained the horrors of what they do to these dairy cows. And they sent them off to be turned into cheap hamburger after a couple of years. And they repeatedly raped them. And, you know, I had just gotten truth bombs dropped on my head. And I hung my head and I said, yes. And he and his publicist pointed their fingers right at my nose and they said, liquid meat. And that was the moment I went vegan. Wow, that that is amazing. And I wish I did it that long ago. It's been almost nine years for me, but that's that's fantastic. Now, tell us about Jane Unchained. Well, uh, as you know, I was in the mainstream media for, well, technically 38 years, but I continued to do interviews here and there after that. So let's say four decades. So after my last uh, gig, which was uh, hosting my own show on CNN Headline News, um, I left after a good run, six years, uh, on great terms. You know, I was always very grateful for that that uh, opportunity. And I had done an animal segment once a week, every Friday, pretty much, unless we were preempted or there was huge breaking news. Um, and, you know, when I got the gig, uh, I said, would you mind if I did a little animal segment once a week? And they thought about it. And I don't know what they were thinking. Maybe they thought pet adoptions. And they said, sure. So then I started doing hardcore animal rights once a week, showing pig gestation crates and, um, you know, all the other horrors. And I had the privilege of interviewing pretty much all the leaders in the animal rights movement uh, over the course of six years, um, the big organizations. Uh, and uh, I feel like I really made a dent. You know, even Josh Tetrick, who's the head of uh, Eat Just, who's I think they're going to go IPO soon. Uh, he uh, said, you know, that first interview you did with me about Just Mayo, I used it and I chopped it around and showed it to a lot of people to get funding. And now they're a ginormous corporation doing uh, lab meat that's being sold in Singapore, right on the forefront of our movement, our plant-based movement. So when the show wrapped, I said, would you mind if I keep my social media, which was Facebook, Twitter? Um, and they said, sure. So uh, I, I went to a protest because my girlfriend at the time, yes, I'm an out lesbian. Uh, my girlfriend, it's, we, we were like, well, now what? What do we do now? You know, it was like late fall. Uh, it's cold in New York. Uh, I, I'm out of work. You know, I'm like, well, what are we going to do? Let's go to a protest. Well, now we can go to an animal rights protest. And and she said, yeah, you're unchained. You can go to a protest. Because obviously when you're a journalist, you can't go to protests. Um, so I laughed and I said, Jane Unchained. And that she said, that's funny. That kind of has a ring to it. And so I went to this protest and I realized right off the bat, you know what? It's freezing. 
These protesters are going to tremendous lengths to demonstrate, shaking, holding these signs. Nobody's really looking at them because it's cold. New Yorkers are walking fast, trying to get wherever they're going. And nobody's documenting what they're doing. If a tree falls and no one hears it, does it make a sound? I said, I found my niche. I had actually talked to an executive at CNN before I left. I said, look, I, I, I realized I was 59 and a half. You know, chances are my days in this industry as doing what I've done for the last 30 years are over. I said, what was your advice? She said, well, clearly you're passionate about animals. Focus on that. That was what she told me, an executive. I said, so I felt like I had a blessing to do that. Like, in other words, I wasn't throwing anything in anybody's faces. This was actually suggested to me. And so I said, bingo, I found my niche. I'm going to continue to do like my Friday segment that I've been doing for six years, except I'm going to do it on my social media using the skills that I've owned as a journalist for 38 years. I'll use, I started with a GoPro and I started uh, videotaping demonstrations. And I remember the first demonstration that I videotaped, one of the first was outside the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. So I was at this protest. It was freezing cold. I remember my GoPro camera was shaking because it was that cold. And uh, there were maybe 200 protesters against Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. And I remember even thinking, is this worth it? Like, you know, and I said, yes, it's worth it. These people are here in the cold. I'm documenting it. Who knows how many people are going to see it? Let's do it. So I did a story. Well, look. It, it's not me. I mean, it was PETA working for decades to close Ringlings and other organizations, but primarily PETA leading the way. Now Ringling Brothers is out of business. It's done. It's finished. So to me, that says, you know, just do the next indicated thing. Just keep doing these interviews, doing these stories and don't stay out of the results. The results are going to come if you do the right thing every day and you you focus and you know, just this morning, I interviewed a woman who just came out with a great film called Baby Hers. She's in advertising. She's gone vegan. She sees the horrors of the dairy industry and how they rip babies away from their mothers. And she decided she's going to use her skills to put together a film directed at mothers. How can you support if you're a mother and you wouldn't want your baby taken from you? Then don't support uh, babies being ripped away from their mothers in the dairy industry. And I interviewed her and, um, you know, every day we do a lot of interviews. So anyway, I kept growing this and I was staying up till four in the morning editing these videos. And then all of a sudden Facebook live came along. Meanwhile, I had moved to LA back to LA, which is where I've been most of, you know, since the 1990s and, um, Facebook live came along. And that was a game changer because now we didn't have to stay up till four in the morning editing anything. And also um, people are really fascinated by lives. And then I start, you know, I quickly realized this is a global movement. It's happening all over the world. Our movement is the social justice movement of the 21st century. And uh, everybody's waking up. Different people are waking up at different times, but it's happening globally. So then I started, um, I created this nonprofit, Jane Unchained, 
and um, got volunteers. We have like more than 70 citizen journalists around the world going live at protests, at veg fests, at vegan restaurants. We do a daily vegan cooking show called Lunch Break Live. Every day at 1230, we never miss a day since we started it, which was pretty much as soon as we found out Facebook Live existed. Uh, so I don't know, four years, however however long, I don't have the exact time, but we've never missed a day. We, we do it every single day because you know what? The animals don't get a vacation from suffering and torture in these horrific factory farms and concentrated animal feeding operations. So the least we can do is every day show the alternative. And uh, uh, we're currently working with Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, which represents 12,000 doctors, and they have something called the 21 Day Vegan Kickstart. And we are um, showing people who watch our live videos the recipes. We're, we're doing the recipes for them live every day for 21 days starting the first of the year. So it, it's grown, it's exploded during COVID. Obviously, we, we don't want anybody to take risks or go out and go live and risk their health. So we gave our top contributors their own shows. So using StreamYard, which is a kind of studio in your laptop, um, we have more than a dozen uh, hosts doing their own shows, including Carissa Kranz, who's a top flight attorney who runs a vegan certification company. We have Dr. Silas Rao, who is a systems analyst who's creating a vegan world by 2026. And he's the subject uh, of our documentary, Countdown to Year Zero. We just keep growing. So uh, as we got the, the lives going on Facebook and then we start turning them into stories on Jane Unchained, we're also branching out into other projects. So one of the first projects was Countdown to Year Zero. And uh, that documents the work of Dr. Silas Rao, as I mentioned. He's a systems analyst and an engineer with Stanford PhD who has written this white paper showing that animal agriculture, he makes the argument, it's the leading cause of greenhouse gas emissions. Now, that's not generally acknowledged to be true, but he makes an argument that the United Nations um, has systematically undercounted methane from animal agriculture. Uh, you can go to climatehealers.org and read it. And he's willing to debate anyone, anytime. He has citations to back up his argument. Um, and uh, that documentary is on Amazon's Prime Video and it's won several awards. And it basically says, you know, our society has to switch to plant-based or we could go extinct. Uh, yeah, we're a very arrogant species, and I'm sure the dinosaurs never thought they were going extinct. But uh, just because we're um, a powerful species on this planet doesn't mean that we can't get ourselves into a point of no return. I mean, the pandemic is awake, should be a wake-up call. And in fact, Dr. Rao, who's so brilliant, that's one of the reasons I decided to do a documentary profiling him, he said, you know, the pandemic is tragic, but it is a wake up call for Mother Nature telling us to go to our rooms. Think about it. it's an intervention. Think about how we're behaving and come out more evolved or we might be finished as a species. And, uh, you know, are people getting the message? It's a zoonotic illness. It jumped from animals to people. Um, it's uh, it's really a casualty, this whole thing is a casualty of our mistreatment of animals, whether it's animals we pluck from the wild to consume, uh, 
obviously the threat of future pandemics from factory farming. We know swine flu has popped up in China uh, and it has jumped reportedly from pigs to humans. We know that there's a bird flu outbreak in England. Uh, there's actually a great film on Amazon Prime uh, called Pandemic that that explains that uh, you know animal agriculture is is a leading threat. This pandemic is is horrific, and my heart goes out to everybody who's lost their lives. But we need to use it as an opportunity to um, wake up, wake up, because we could face an even more virulent pandemic down the road. Uh, so we don't want that, right? So all we have to do is make that slight adjustment. Instead of drinking cow's milk, cow's breast milk, we can switch to rice milk, soy milk, almond milk, cashew milk, hemp milk. I mean, oat milk is delicious. Uh, you know, this is not a sacrifice. It, it's, it's better for your health. We know that heart disease up until COVID was the leading killer. Heart disease is very strongly connected, according to the American Heart Association, to plaque and plaque builds up from cholesterol and cholesterol exists in animal products. There's no cholesterol in, in vegan products. None. So right there, you know, and processed meat is officially cancer causing, according to the World Health Organization. How much more evidence do we need? And of course, COVID-19 has swept through the slaughterhouses. The slaughterhouses are hotbeds of COVID-19. How much more evidence do we need? Habitat destruction, wildlife extinction, human world hunger, because animals eat so much more than they produce as food. Uh, you know, this industry is destroying our world. How much more evidence do we need? The prosecution rests, Your Honor. Well, your passion shows with everything that you say, every breath that you take, and, and really it always has, and especially when it comes down to all of these, these things that you are so helpful at in making a, the world change. And it's going to keep changing the more you do. So I keep hoping that you continue to do what you do. And where can our listeners find you and all your great work? And how can they support you, Oh, well, you, Jane? thank you. Yes, janeunchained.com is our um, website. It's our hub of everything we do. And you can get to our Facebook page from there. It's facebook.com slash Jane Velez Mitchell. We have an Instagram page. You can also watch our vegan cooking show. I, I bury the lead. Yes, uh, as an outgrowth of... Um, the documentary, we uh, got the opportunity to do a cooking show in a studio. It's really one of the first major vegan soundstage cooking shows. It's called New Day, New Chef. It's on Amazon Prime, Amazon's Prime Video, free for Prime members. And it's gotten rave reviews. It's also on public television stations around the nation. It's hit like 84% of public television stations, which is great. So New Day, New Chef. Then we were about to do season two when the pandemic hit. And so at first we were like, oh, no. And then just, you know, try to use any circumstance as an opportunity. Uh, stumbled upon the fact that Maggie Baird, uh, who is Billie Eilish's mother, they're a vegan family, an amazing vegan family. And Maggie Baird is an incredible, not only artist, actress, singer, but also vegan activist. She started something called Support and Feed where she's raising funds. She gives those funds to vegan restaurants. The vegan restaurants get to stay open. They make food and then support and feed team picks up the food and delivers it to people who are hungry, people who are houseless, uh, seniors, kids, uh, first responders. And so we're, we're feeding vegan food to those who need it most. And we decided, uh, we, we reached out to her and we were able to collaborate with her to do an entire season um, 
called the Support and Feed Edition, showcasing her work and, and featuring the vegan restaurateurs who are making this food. So um, that's also on Amazon Prime. And that featured quite a few celebrities. We had uh, Leslie Nickel, who plays the cook on Downton Abbey. She's a vegan. We had Elaine Hendricks, who's uh, Alexis Carrington on Dynasty. She's a vegan. Uh, we had Emily DeRobin uh, from Lost, who's plant-based. We had a lot of different stars on that um, show. And our brilliant producer, Eamon McChrystal, with Inspired, was able to do it all with a remote studio. In other words, it was a contactless studio with six robotic cameras and a giant screen where I co-hosted with the, the other, the celebrity guest um, uh, from our homes. We did everything remotely. So it was a, a safe show. And uh, we've got yet another season that's going to be hitting Amazon Prime uh, in a few weeks. So we're we're cooking with gas, or I shouldn't say that, maybe. My stove is electric. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Again, you do so much, and uh, I hope people continue to support you at JaneUnchained.com and, and watch all the great things that you broadcast on there with your team. That is also amazing, and and I hope they all watch New Day, New Chef, and, and continue to follow your work. And I hope, again, you continue to do what you do because you are, again, changing the world every day with every Thing that you do so, yeah, and, so keep and it going, I just want to say and, uh, I, I always forget to say this so I should we are a nonprofit a 501c3 nonprofit I do not take any salary we have no offices we're 99.9 percent .9 volunteer except for some IT and booking people uh and so if you feel like supporting our cause um just know that every cent goes directly to this mission and um you can you can support through janeunchained.com. Well, thank you so much, Jane, for thank joining you, me Jeff. today. You're right amazing. Right back at you. That was Jane Velez Mitchell, and I'm Jeff Rosenblum. Thank you for listening, and remember, eat, live, and dream vegan. <laughs>